0: Hi folks, good to be back with you. And I just want to tell you a a situation that Gerda and I had that was a great joy for us. Uh, We had the privilege of really connecting deeply with the family members. And uh, our relationship was close and warm and we enjoy just doing fun things together and getting together for meals and whatnot. And uh, oftentimes we would end up talking about some serious issues, spiritual issues. They weren't believers, and uh, we just uh, so much enjoyed our relationship with them. And uh, we had the opportunity to begin to share our faith and and, uh, to speak about those things that are so important to us. And uh, after lots and lots of time and relationship building, uh, we got to the point where it looked like God was opening their hearts up. And this was such a thrill for us. And I remember at one point uh, having this question that I felt was maybe holding them back. And the question was this, it it was, I'm not sure if I became a Christian, they looked at our life and say, I'm not sure that I can do what you do or not do what you do. And looking at our current life now, well, God moved in and his love overwhelmed them and opened their hearts and they gave their their life to Jesus Christ. They put their trust in Jesus. And that was such a, a wonderful experience for us. Uh, that to see how God worked in their lives. Interesting is, was so grat- gratifying to see that, that God had guided them and directed them. And the things that they thought that maybe they would want to keep doing that they thought we don't do that and maybe they shouldn't or the things that they wanted to do and, and shouldn't or the things that they uh, didn't want to do and, and would have to do. All of those things became unimportant to them. They began to grow in their faith. We never told them you have to do this or you can't do this. God, by his spirit, was leading them in a wonderful way. And uh, it became the, th- the, the things that they thought they wouldn't want to do became the, mo- the, the most favorite things that they uh, wanted to do. God was working to transform their life and to reflect Jesus in it. And they had such joy in their faith. Uh, but there was something disturbing and something painful for them. And, and it was this, um, our, our, our friends, uh, father and mother, were totally against this decision they made to become Christians. Uh, there was painful for them, there was pushback. Uh, they spoke in derisive terms about all oh, these born-again people and, and the visit stopped from them to their children. Uh, they didn't go to the grandparents' day at school for their kids. Uh, they certainly would not attend a baptismal service of, of their children. And they wouldn't go and, and to the Christmas pageant and watch their little grandchildren performing in it. It was painful. They would have family dinners in which they would not be invited. They'd hear that the family all got together. It was painful for them. They felt like outcasts in their old family. They didn't fit in. Uh, They weren't wanted. They weren't cared for. They were about as uh, welcome as a skunk at a garden party. Uh, The trouble was that this thing that brought them so much joy also resulted in pain for them as well. Perhaps you've had that kind of a problem. Your faith has become a, a stumbling block for somebody, uh, somebody close to you, perhaps people you in your family or people you work with. Uh, your faith has become a lightning rod for their antagonism toward you. And what is so precious to you is off-putting to them. Maybe it is that you've been mistreated, perhaps not included even abandoned by a spouse or friends, all because of your faith, all because you wanted to be uh, walking with Jesus in the way that he wanted you to. Well, uh, if that's you, there's some hope for you uh, this day. The apostle Peter wrote an epistle, uh, uh, a letter in which he shared with us with a group of people who were struggling because they were enduring uh, uh, painful uh, persecution and difficulties and sorrows. They had mistreatment at the hands of people, antagonism, hurtful things said, uh, being pushed to the margins. Their faith was the problem that these people had. And how do you navigate the stresses as a believer? Like something like this. How how do you have victory in that? That's the challenge that uh, Peter wanted to to address because he was speaking to a group of people who were going through all kinds of difficulties and trials. And uh, he wanted them to have strength to be able to go on. In fact, in 1 Peter five twelve, he tells us that, um, that he wanted to encourage them to stand fast, to hang in there with their faith and not to be, uh, to be bullied or to go away from their faith or abandon their faith. So we have an introduction to this letter and I want to encourage you to continue on and reading in First. Uh, 1 Peter uh, read it several times as we go through this summer we trust that you'll be encouraged and find strength and help even as the the uh, those who receive this did well we have the introduction uh, to this uh, this letter and it's uh, we're told that the author is Peter an apostle of Jesus Christ sweet and short. He was one of the 12 apostles. He was one of the three that were selected for special duties, and he was the one that Jesus uh, gave a special leadership role to among his apostles. Impetuous Peter, Peter who was bold and daring, and nobody loves you as much as I do, Lord, and if they all Flunk out on you, if they fail you, I'll be there for you. And Jesus said, Peter, don't, I, I know you too well. You're going to deny me three times. And that's exactly what he did. And God, Jesus welcomed him back, recommissioned him, and he gave his life to serving Jesus. Um, the recipients for this letter are, are, as he says here, to God's elect, Exiles scattered throughout the provinces of Pontius, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. Who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father. Through the sanctifying work of the Spirit. To be obedient to Jesus Christ and sprinkled with his blood. Now that's a mouthful for an introduction to his audience. He says they're God's elect. This is incredible because this is a mostly Gentile group of people. And he says to them, you are the elect, that is the the same word for chosen. You are a chosen people. Now, if you go back into the Old Testament, you know that the Jews were God's special chosen people. But here, these Gentiles who have become followers of Jesus and are experiencing some persecution for their faith are called God's chosen people. Now, Peter says, you Gentiles are part of God's chosen people your exiles figuratively he says they were like foreigners or aliens in in a strange country they were refugees they were people that didn't fit in the people they were different than the people of the land and uh they had different values they were morally different But even if they didn't fit in there, they were still God's special people. And he said of these believers, you've been scattered. It's it's like you've been chased out of where you were because of persecution and because of your faith. Uh, You are exiles and and you don't really have a home there. You don't feel welcome with those people there. And he needs to help them be be able to go through that part of their life and, and be satisfied being different and being exiles and being aliens and foreigners in that country. He says, you were chosen by the foreknowledge of God. That is God looked from eternity past and saw you believers and he chose you. It, it, that's what Je- is said about Jesus in, in uh, chapter one of verse 20 here, he says, Jesus was chosen Before the creation of the world. Now I want you to understand that when we speak about God. We often speak generically about God. But here he is uh, as always. He is a triune God. So he's a God who, who is Father, Son and Holy Spirit. And we see all of these in here. They were chosen by the foreknowledge of God. That is God loved them. Set his love upon them before even the creation of the earth. And uh, we we've, we've are introduced to the Holy Spirit. Not only was he, what, were they the chosen people, but the Spirit would do a sanctifying work in their life. He was the one that would help them to come to faith in Jesus. He's the one that would set them apart and make them holy in their life. And of course, Jesus is here because the whole purpose of that is that Jesus, they would become obedient to Jesus and be sprinkled with his blood. That is, they would be forgiven and welcomed into God's family because he paid the price for their sins. Well, we need to lock in who God is and who we are. And when we realize how special we are to God and the relationship we have, that will be a great help for us when we're battling some of these uh, battles. And then he has a greeting there. And the greeting is just this grace and peace to you in abundance. And we can skip over those so quickly as if they don't mean much of anything. But he says, this is grace or favor granted you in abundance. And he's praying for a greater, greater amount of grace in their life and a greater amount of peace, that blessing and that well-being. Uh, that It's more than just not being anxious. It's about well-being in every part of your life. And he says, we want to see this happen in abundance in your life. And then he begins. And he begins uh, to help them understand what it was for them to walk In faith and to hang in and stay with the faith even with difficulties and trials and here's what he really wants to do. He wants us to know and understand that hope begins with praise. In fact, he begins this passage with a doxology with praise. We think of praise God from whom all blessings flow and this is the way it starts and where we need to start and a good place always to start is hope beginning with praise praise. To God Peter is well aware of all the struggles they're going through and all the things that they're facing this the stresses and the suffering and the discouragement and all of that and yet he still starts with praise and he is like over the moon and excited about it in verse 3 praise be to the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ and and he, he he is gushing with joy and enthusiasm. He has this ecstatic praise. His praise is what he wants us to focus on as well, to praise him. And so he calls us um, to focus on what has been done in the past. That's exactly what he's doing here. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, uh, he has given us new birth into a living, living hope through the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. He says, I want you to look back and I want you to understand what's happened. Yes, I chose you. I chose you before the creation of the world. And I am merciful to you in in his great mercy. These were people who had a a very sordid life in their in their non-christian days and somebody came and shared the word of god with them and all of the debauchery and the immorality that was a part of their life god was merciful to them he he should have he should have judged them like all of us he should have condemned them He, he should have sent them to hell but he didn't he had somebody share the gospel with them and they heard that good news, and by the Spirit of God, they responded to it, and they were forgiven and had new life, and they they came into this living hope. They were made spiritually alive, and they could respond to God and his word. They were made alive. They were born again, and their hope was in Jesus and his resurrection from the dead, that what he did in conquering death Uh, gave them heart and and confidence that he could do for them what they needed done. And he says it's a new birth. They were born into the family of God at that point. God's family, chosen. Well, the place to start is with praise. And if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, uh, if you're coming to grips with his mercy and his love and salvation, If you're coming to understand that you were chosen, you were loved, that he set his love upon you before the beginning uh, uh, of the creation, you will let that soak in. And that can do something marvelous in you to revel in it, but to be encouraged in it also. Encouraged in this also that he wants us to have a focus on our future. Focus on your future. In verses 4 and 5, it says this, uh, that he is giving us an inheritance that can never spe- perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who are shielded through God's power, by God's power, until the coming salvation that's ready to be revealed in the last time. He says, I want you to focus on your future, not just what happened and what I did for you in the past, but I have a future for you. Uh, look back to what God has done, but look forward to what is yet to come. Uh, hope always has a future focus, uh, it, it gives strength, and, and we need that in the present to have hope for what we don't possess, something that is yet future. It seems to me that there are so many people that are focused solely on the present, and we understand that. We live in the present. But they don't seem to have concern for their future uh, certainly spiritually not so uh, they're focused on what I need today and what I'm chasing today and Peter tells the believers uh, that scriptures invite us to look to the future to the realities both good and bad in our future and Peter tells the believers there, this is a powerful powerful motivator to endure some suffering. Because we know that there's something positive coming for God's people in the future. He says you have an inheritance. An inheritance um, that will never uh, lose value. I remember once I I got a a stock tip. And I put some money in a stock. And uh, you know hoping to reap a benefit and a profit from it, and I lost like 90 percent of that stock. Some of the things that we put stock in, some of the things that we're concerned of, uh, we we lose them. Uh, they they spoil, they fade. He says they corrode, they can be lost. But but when you put your trust in Jesus Christ and your hope is there, there is a future in heaven kept for us. Our lives are lived to make eternal deposits, if you will, in a bank account with God. And uh, this fall, I want to to take some time um, and uh, I want to share with you a few messages on heaven and hell. Those are things that we don't often talk about, but they are realities. And heaven is a place it's a new heaven and a new earth and a new Jerusalem and people who are have physical bodies who will live forever in the presence of God and the Lord Jesus Christ. And we'll be called to work and do things. We're not going to be cherubs floating around uh, strumming on a harp or something like that. And, and when you feel like bailing and quitting because life is touch, tough and you're struggling uh, perhaps with, with what's happened in your life because you are a follower of Jesus, you need to stop and remember that there's something absolutely wonderful waiting for you. And, and, and that should be a motivator for us to keep going when we feel like bailing out. Remember that there's something good that God has for you. The apostle Paul would put it this way in Romans 8 and verse 18. He said, I consider that our present sufferings are not worthy to be compared with the glory that will be revealed in us. He says, I'm looking forward and, and I've gone through a lot of suffering, but I know whatever I'm going to is so much better. So beyond what I have missed now, that that is what uh, what will motivate me and drive me to keep going. Jesus said the same thing. He said, don't lay up for yourself treasures on earth, but eternal treasures in heaven. And on that day, when we stand before Christ, I think a lot of people are going to look with regret at how they lived their life and that they had no regard for the future. They lived only in the moment. Well, Peter's going to return to this theme Uh, Several times as we go through his letter. He wants to help us uh, be encouraged to hang in there. uh, Because next he wants us to find God's uh, purpose in trials. He wants us to know that God has a purpose. That these are not meaningless. Those believers were rejoicing in the truth. But there was another circumstance that was getting them down. and, And it was this temper tempering of their joy because of what they're going through they had to suffer grief he says in verse six grief of all kinds of trials but there were problems that resulted from their faith specifically and Peter wanted them to know three things about suffering of believers the first thing he wants them to know is you can rejoice even when you're suffering You can rejoice even when you're suffering. That's what he says here. He says um, that uh, in in verses 8 and 9. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you're receiving the end result of your faith, the, the salvation of your souls. They, even though they had difficulties and trials, they were experiencing this inexpressible and glorious joy. I want you to know that joy for the Christian is something that is mandated by God, but it's also something that's a choice. He, He wants us to be joyful. He wants us to rejoice in the midst of it. This is something that we can do. Paul and Silas were thrown into prison in Philippi. There they were beaten. Uh, They were abused. And what we read about them was in the midst of this terrible, terrible persecution, they were singing in praise to God. Uh, The Apostle Paul is in prison and he writes the letter to the Philippians. And we've got like over 15 times joy, rejoice, uh, be be glad. And, And we see a person who has learned that circumstances don't uh, keep us from being joyful at the same time and one of the ways we need to battle that is is to stay focused the Apostles uh, in Acts chapter 9 were so grateful even being beaten for their faith by the Sanhedrin they still counted it all joy that they could go through this suffering for Jesus Um, so one way we can battle uh, these struggles that we have is by intentionally being joyful. And, and that joy is something that is in our relationship with Christ, rejoicing in their salvation. Well, secondly, um, we, he wants us to know that we can endure these kind of things because it, uh, because it proves genuine, the genuineness of our faith. He, he says there that that how do you know if a person is really a Christian or not? Well, ultimately, we'll see that borne out and the, the, genu- the uh, genuineness of their faith will be seen in the steadfastness that they don't they don't uh, go off the rails, that they don't leave the faith. Uh, Jesus told a, a parable uh, of four soils and of those four soils. There was only one soil that produced fruit. And and I think it's it's something like that. There was this shallow, rocky soil. And that rocky soil uh, was was, uh, received. They received the the word with joy. But there was no no depth to that. And when trouble and persecution came, they left. There was no fruit there. There was another one that uh, the the seed fell in among thorns. And it sprung up in a hurry. But the worries and the cares of life choked it out. And those people uh, didn't follow. I was just thinking uh, of a person who made a faith commitment. And now I haven't seen that individual for a couple of years. And, And what we see when we... Uh, hang there with it in in uh, the struggles and the the trials that we go through we prove and show that our faith is genuine how we face those challenges reveals something about our faith whether it's bogus or it's genuine Abraham's faith was tested on numerous occasions as we've just been going through Uh, but it's not meaningless God has purpose in it and in fact Both James and Romans tell us that God wants to produce character in us through these difficulties that we uh, go through. So it's never without purpose. Well, well, thirdly, uh, we endure trials. Uh, When we're enduring trials, we receive praise, glory, and honor from God. Did you get that? That there is, again, a future orientation here that we would, if we are st- stay faithful in that, he says that uh, we will, in fact, um, we will know glory and honor b- that will be uh, presented to us, given to us because of our faithfulness. Do you remember what Jesus said? And this is what I want to hear at the end of my journey on earth. Uh, Jesus said uh, to, the, to the good servant, well done, good and faithful servant. There's there's an inheritance laid up for you. And the Apostle Paul could say, coming to the end of his life, I have fought the good fight. I've finished the race. I've kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award me on that day. And not to me only, but for all of those who long for his appearing. You see, we live uh, now for eternity and we find God's purpose in trials. And when we can do that, we can hang there more easily when we run into some of these things. Finally, let's just conclude with this. Um, we, we find a purpose in trails, uh, trials, yes. But we also are called to wonder at the insight that believers have about salvation. I don't know whether you've ever thought about this, but all of what's in the, the Bible and the New Testament, uh, so much of that has been uh, prophesied by God's prophets in in uh, uh, centuries uh, before. And and uh, what happens here is. He says concerning the salvation the prophets who spoke the grace that was to come searched intently with the greatest care trying to figure out the time and circumstances to which the spirit of Christ in them was pointing when he predicted the sufferings of the Messiah and the glories that would follow. They were, they were prophesying things and they were trying to make sense of it. Um, How do we connect the dots? Who is this person? When is he going to come? And, and there were confusing things like this is our Messiah who's coming, but he's going to be, he's going to be tortured. He's going to die. This doesn't sound like what we thought it would be. And so uh, they're querying what it, what it all means and what it's all about. We have all of that information in us. We have the, the ability to be able to know now in fulfillment what, what has happened with the, the Messiah and all of that. And, and, and uh, they were they were looking for these. We have that. We have that understanding. Not only do we have that, listen to what he says, the very last words, even angels long to look into these things. Do you realize that the angels do not experience what we experience? That they don't know by experience what we know? Those mighty, powerful angels who do God's bidding. They don't know that. They long to look into that which is ours. Isn't that fantastic? And so when when Peter talks about us and and how we make it through this time, uh, how we get through here, there should be amazement on our part. Of what Jesus did and what he suffered. And he becomes a model for us. And we'll see that as we go through this letter as well. But we get it. And we are amazed and grateful for all that Jesus has done. And so praise God. That's the starting place to praise God. Uh, And as we think about enduring trials. We begin with praise. Uh, We we, uh, receive that. And we focus on our future, what we have now and what we will have to come. And we endure these trials with joy because we can have joy in the Holy Spirit. It's one of the fruit of the Spirit that we can have that even in the midst of that. And God will honor us. Did you get that? God will honor us for our faithfulness. That's what I want to have. And I trust you do too. And as we go through this journey in 1 Peter, I pray that God will strengthen you and, and help you and that we'll come out the other end of this uh, more committed, more delighted, more uh, understanding of all God has done for us. And so I, I'm looking forward for this to this journey with you all uh, through this summer. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for all that you have done for us. Thank you for what... Uh, We have learned from Peter, who himself, a couple of years probably after writing this, will die by crucifixion. He knows what he's talking about. And so, Father, uh, I I pray that as the Spirit of God opens our heart, that we will be faithful and uh, we will walk with you in spite of what challenges face us. And I pray that we'll help each other on this journey uh, along the way as well. In Christ's name, amen.